Welcome to the Bishop and Vickers. I'm Bishop Tom Daly from the Diocese of Spokane here in Eastern Washington, and joining me today are the Vickers who help uh, serve the local church, not only as pastors, but also assisting in various ways in the Diocese of Spokane, the Chancery. Father Brian Mee is the Vicar for Finance and the Pastor of St. Augustine's here in Spokane. Father Darren Connell is the Vicar General and Rector of the Mother Church of the Diocese, Our Lady of Lord Cathedral. Good day, everyone, and it's Lourdes. And Father <laughs> Pat Kirst is the Pastor of St. Thomas More, and he is also the Vicar for Priests. Before we begin this show, I'd just like to thank Mrs. Gina Vanelli for Indicott, Washington, who provided gifts for the Vickers. As you know, the Vickers oh, spent a considerable yeah. amount of time away in the summer uh, honing their music skills, but Mrs. Vanelli knows well what you need. So she gave two tickets for to Father Me to attend the um, Mel Torme Katy Perry concert at the oh. Jerry Lee Music Hall <laughs> in Butte, Montana. Oh. So you can visit your relatives Butte, Butte, there. Butte. I think they do yeah. a Sunday. duet of Hol oh, Holy Night. I think so. I, I think Mel Torme got a pass for the weekend. Um, Father Me received two tickets from Mrs. Vanelli to attend the concert. No, 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 no. I get those oh, tickets too. Oh, no, I get two, 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 two sets? sets of tickets. No, there's two tickets, and and Father Kirst's tickets are going to be Snoop Dogg and Captain and Tennille. They are playing <laughs> together at at Missoula, the Missoula Music Hall, and that's January first. And then I don't know if I can get over the Father Father Connell has begged, go. and it's the predictable. He got MC Hammer air supply uh, tickets. Air supply tickets. I'm all out of yeah. 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 love. At the so Yakima, the Yakima, Yakima Convention Center. Sun Sundome. And Sundome. with two tickets, you can take Bishop Joe Tyson. Well, so I'll have to notify yeah. his Excellency. Yeah, thank you, Mrs. Vanelli, for thinking about oh, the... Oh, uh, love you, Mrs. Vanelli. Yeah, yeah. She's one of our best, uh, our best listeners and very, very generous to the oh. Bishop's Appeal, though she doesn't live in our diocese. Is Indicott in the art, the diocese of Spokane? It, it is, yes. Is it? Oh, okay. It is now. It is now, that's right. We had right. a cemetery swap with Bishop Tyson. Yeah, that's right. It's by and, St. John. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> in any case, we're, we, if this is uh, Advent, we begin and we're going to be discussing uh, the role of our Blessed Mother in the life of our, not only the local church, but historically uh, as Catholics, this very important role as intercessor, as the Mother of our Lord, and the images that Mary uh, holds in all of our hearts. So for our listening audience, which we greatly appreciate your prayers and your support uh, maybe Father, me, if you can kind of set the 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 um, put the tickets away, or I'll oh, take the tickets okay. away. Yeah, <laughs> set I'm, the I'm yeah. booking the train to you. <laughs> okay. Um, in any case, Mary, as as a younger growing up in in a, in, in a Jewish society in the small town, her faith, um, maybe set that as in the context of history and in the larger role. Okay, the tickets need to go away. That's the last time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would have been a horrible place to live in that day. Um, but under, under no, Roman as far occupation? As, under Roman occupation. Yeah. But I think, you know, as far as uh, I would mention, first of all, we're celebrating the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. That's coming soon. And it's interesting that the, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception always seems to come at the beginning of Advent, which is the beginning of the church year. Uh, and I think when we speak of Mary, there's, uh, it's almost maybe a way of understanding or a way of considering her is if we had those, what would you call those transparencies where you put down one sheet of paper and you'd have... they're called transparencies. Mm -hmm. That's before we use that word in reference to legal <laughs> matters. Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, you have the transparency. So if you had on your first sheet, transparent sheet, you had Eve, and then you lay over that Mary, and then you lay over that the church... 
uh, each is an expression and a symbol of the other. So I think you need to bring the three of those together. So mm. considering we celebrate, when we celebrate the Immaculate Conception at the beginning of the church year, uh, could it be that the church in celebrating that is to be celebrating and considering her own mission, which is that of mother, and which as Mary, uh, she has a very Marian vocation. But I think as far as the scripture goes, one of the church fathers, and certainly uh, Pius IX in Ineffabilis Deus, which was a document that declared the Immaculate Conception in 1854, as um, uh, he brings out uh, Mary is the new Eve. And one of the ideas of Mary as Eve is that just as Eve was born or was created without sin, Mary, from the time of her conception, was without sin. And while Eve, certainly she did, as we know, sinned eventually by eating the forbidden fruit, uh, it is Mary who leads us to that tree of life that is the cross on which is that fruit, which is Christ, that we are to receive. So there's a beautiful um, symbolism and imagery that's going back and forth, first between Eve and the Blessed Mother, Mary, and then Mary and the Church. Well, that's a very rich theology, of course. But, rich. I, I, but you mentioned the Immaculate Conception, I think. Is there any dogma of our Church that's more often misunderstood than the Immaculate Conception? How many of our people out there think the Immaculate Conception is a conception of Jesus? That's right. And lots. so it, lots. Your parish. It, well, there is not. I, you know, I asked that question. I had a survey at St. Augustine's. Yes, not a yeah. single first person misunderstood Is that, that right? No. Thank but you. that's St. Augustine's. Yeah, mm. it, it yeah. does kind of stand above. But uh, Yeah. I wonder if that was the case at Our Lady of Humility Parish, which I'm wow. opening up. Wow. <laughs> I'll have to find priests from outside the diocese <laughs> to staff it. <laughs> but but, yes, but the fact of misunderstanding of that dogma is perhaps reflective of how much misunderstanding there is about the person of Mary within our, our life of faith in the Catholic Church. And, and oftentimes uh, there's either a, a understated appreciation of Mary's place or an overstated appreciation. Mm -hmm. and, and when we think about who she can be for us, there's a, a real opportunity there for us to continue to, to unpack uh, who she is and to look at her Jewish roots as we started talking about and, and see who she is for the church now and not only who she was 2,000 years ago, but is now still for us as intercessor and, and model of, of discipleship. And Yeah, I just want to dovetail, uh, circle back on on uh, what Father Me was saying about the new Eve and draw uh, people's attention to um, a very common depiction of Mary, uh, usually in statue form. Uh, a lot of our Catholic schools uh, have them in their, in their classrooms. That is a... Um, Mary with her arm out, outstretched in bare feet um, crushing uh, a snake, crushing the head of a snake. And of course, um, it was Mary's yes to the Lord that repaired the disobedience uh, of Eve uh, to God in, in the Garden of Eden, symbolized in the, in the crushing of the head of that, of that snake. I was with uh, our Cataldo school kids for Mass uh, a while ago and uh, brought up a, a large statue of Mary and this had, not only was Mary standing on the, the head of the snake, the body of the snake with her bare feet, the snake had a, what looked like an apple in its mouth, again, um, representing the, the fruit of the, the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil. 
I, I've, I've seen that, I grew up with that image, and never really knew what it meant, uh, only until maybe yesterday. No, just, just, <laughs> only as or, or 10 minutes We ago. know we call that statue Our Lady of Grace, which is the one at the significant at the the Rue de Bach. Rue de Bach. Yeah, 140 Rue de Bach. Have you been there, Father Me? Isn't that a hot dog? It wasn't place? Rue de Bach. No, no. It's the mother house of the daughters of charity of St. Vincent de Paul. Oh, founded house. by Vincent. Actually, on November 30th. 1834. With, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> in the 1600s with my his good friend, Louise de Marriac. Uh, but that's for another show without the vicars when I can receive <laughs> gifts. Uh, you can have uh, yes. Mrs. Pacelli from Indicott. No, no, it's, it's Vanelli. Yeah, that was her oh, sister. That was her sister-in-law living in Staten Island. Pacelli. The yeah. widow Pacelli. The widow No, that's going to be an embarrassing thank you card. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let the IRS know. Uh, but in the case of uh, Our Lady of Grace, the image that Father Connell speaks of, that statue of, of Mary crushing the head of Satan, and the phrase, "O Mary, conceive without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee." That's on the miraculous medal, and those are the words that uh, Mary spoke to the young novice Catherine Labouret that helped shape uh, kind of an affirmation of what would be later placed into the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception. Did you know that, Father Me? Yes. You did. But, you know, one thing I want to mention, I mentioned that um, it was in 1854 that there was a declaration of the Immaculate Conception, but Pius IX in that papal bull, he made clear as well that uh, the Fathers at Trent, you know, as they spoke about original sin in session five, um, they made a point that all human beings were affected by original sin, except they said this does not, uh, they are not indicating that Mary was. So Pius IX used that to say, even though this dogma is only being declared as infallible now, uh, certainly the fathers of Trent believe this as well, and then he traced his way all the way back to the earliest church fathers, to Irenaeus as well, who referred to Mary as at New Eden. Now back to Lord. The S is silent in the in the French. We don't call it Des Moines. Uh, we call it Des Moines, Iowa. I know that your your grandfather Leo was from Iowa, uh, Father Connell. Oh, thanks but, for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Long line of uh, horse thieves. Uh, wow. But um, it's a ratings time, so we get a little saucy here. Mm -hmm. The the um, in the words when when the priest asks Bernadette, who who did you meet? And Mary, uh, Bernadette has asked Mary, and Mary gives the I am the Immaculate Conception. So there we have, now that would have been 1858, um, and for a small French uh, village, in the peasant village there, for uh, Bernadette, who wasn't uh, educated, to, to speak those words, certainly that was, I think, the turning point with the priest believing her. And I think it's, it's also important to point out that you know, these, doc, these dogmas of the church, they're really not imposed uh, from on high. They're affirmed from on high, so that you know this doctrine, uh, this teaching was, you know, talked about amongst uh, the lay faithful and 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 believed by the lay faithful that Mary needed to be, and it, it does make certain sense that that Mary needed to be a uh, a perfect tabernacle, if you will, uh, for the Savior, just as we have beautiful tab tabernacles today in in our churches. Uh, Mary was that first and most beautiful tabernacle. And people just naturally saw the, uh, the need for her to be uh, pure and sinless. And as they reflected on that and prayed about it and spoke about it, it then kind of um, bubbled, if you will, to the top and, and was finally affirmed by uh, the magisterium of the church. But it wasn't just plucked out of air. It was really no. the lived experience of the life of the church. And the, um, 
you know, you use the, the tabernacle as a symbol, they would use it, well, just as Adam and Eve were created in a garden, a paradise without sin, it was only appropriate that the new Adam, Christ, would be bore in a womb, in the garden of the womb that was without sin. Do we use, before getting close to a break, the image of Mary as the first tabernacle, I don't think our, the, a lot of our Catholic faithful have heard that as an expression. Is that something in your seminary training or because your reading? Because the tabernacle is sometimes really hard to find in, in some of our churches. So. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, and, 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 one, and at least one cathedral that I know of. <laughs> not, uh, not yours. Yeah, not no, yours. no, 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 no. Currently under renovation. Currently under renovation. And another way for our Christmas pledge card, to give. Pledge cards can be sent to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back again. Uh, speaking of the role of Mary, again, uh, an ongoing topic in the season of Advent. Welcome back to the Bishop and Vickers. I'm Bishop Daly with Father Connell, Father Kirst, and Father Me, the Vickers and pastors. And we're speaking on Mary, the role of Mary again on the Immaculate Conception of Mary during Advent. And uh, before the break, Father Connell was speaking about Mary as the first tabernacle, uh, a reference, uh, the, the role of, of Mary holding uh, our, our Savior, Jesus Christ. For those in the listening audience who have friends who may not be as familiar with Mary, the scriptural aspect of Mary, uh, maybe, Father Me, any, any from your studies, uh, any references that come to mind that might assist the, the listening audience of references to Mary uh, in perhaps the Old Testament? Uh, uh, well, yeah. we've already mentioned Eve, of course, and that's, uh, that's one of the primary uh, images or types of Mary. Uh, and of course, other saintly women or other women of the scriptures of the Old Testament, they would make comparisons as well, just as if you go to the Old Testament, uh, so many of those that we find in the Old Testament, Adam, Moses, uh, are all images of the Christ who is to come to, or the early church would use those as images of Christ. The same was done with the Blessed Mother. But I think especially the Song of Songs was very popular, or Canticle of Canticles, uh, by the, the Church Fathers, and especially medieval theology as well. So just one verse from that you have, I think it's in chapter 5, um, the bridegroom speaking to the bride, or the, and it goes, um, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. And in the uh, Jerome the Vulgate, that my perfect one was translated Immaculata Mea, so my Immaculate One. So, of course, uh, Mary, you know, in the Song of Songs, she is that bride uh, It is that is being spoken about. She is that perfect one. She is that Immaculate One. So I think, actually, I mean, to, you could go through the scriptures and, or the, the Church Fathers and medieval Marian theology, and uh, or Mariology, and you're going to find just references throughout the Old Testament that they refer to regarding Mary. So, I mean, it's a very rich uh, spirituality and a rich study. We've mm. talked about these dogmas attached to Mary, so the Immaculate Conception, the Assumption of Mary, and one of the difficulties some people have with accepting those is that there is no Bible story about the Immaculate Conception per se, or the Assumption of Mary per se, and, and yet Part of that is our Catholic approach that it doesn't have to be explicitly, fundamentally uh, 
articulated in the Bible for it to be a part of our faith. But, but also what is being proclaimed in those dogmas is very clear within the scriptures and in, in terms of what's revealed about uh, the person of Mary and, and her role as disciple of Jesus and her special place within God's plan of salvation. So again, there's that opportunity there to really dwell upon that, that, that richness that the Blessed Mother brings to our lives. And, and always pointing us, of course, to Jesus. Nothing ever stops with Mary. It mm -hmm. goes from Mary into Jesus. I don't think we want to stop with just um, Old Testament mm -hmm. symbolism, but I think it's very important to bring out how important it is to see uh, the Blessed Mother and why she has been given such uh, reverence in the church because she is the image of what the church is. The mission, again, of the church is that of Mary. Um, the church is constantly to be bringing to birth Christ, uh, bringing to birth new Christians through the baptismal waters. So even that image of the Holy Spirit descending upon and overshadowing the Blessed Mother, well, you have that as the priest blessing the water of the baptismal font. Uh, the Holy Spirit overshadows that water and coming forth from that water, from that womb of the baptismal font, are uh, Christians. So. And so you could you could go that direction as well, just not back through the Old Testament and see images of the Blessed Mother, but um, using the Blessed Mother or, or understanding the Blessed Mother is the church is expressing that uh, Marian life in every day of the church's life. I, one of my, uh, I guess, to, to pick up on that or to circle back to that, uh, Mary, uh, Mary's... Of course, her last words in, in Scripture were recorded at the wedding feast of Canaan, which she uh, told those gathered there, um, do whatever he tells you. And of course, as as mother of uh, Christ, she is mother of the church, and it, and it is through the church that we have uh, Christ's will uh, revealed to us. And so in saying, do whatever he tells you, uh, she is, again, referring to her son, but also, and by the same principle, referring to... Um, the church in our parishes uh, in our diocese uh, to our listening audience a reminder that our patronesses of our diocese is our lady of lord or lords mm -hmm. as father Connell so, would say uh and that's also the name we of all our say cathedral. you're the only one that says lord <laughs> unless, no. you, unless you go to france yes that's States, right so. you are the two of france uh, what about on your parishes it's, we were talking at the break of of um our uh, technical advisor mitchell palmchrist was his favorite song is mary do you know um, did but, you know? Did you know? But in in your parishes, um, what would be judging by the the involvement of your parishioners in in a Marian hymn? Is there is there one that stands out uh, in Thomas More, Saint Augustine, or Our Lady of Lord Cathedral? A favorite of, <laughs> of, of the, the hymn, people? The hymns? Yeah, Marian hymn. Oh, I think Immaculate Marian yeah. is yeah. the one that mm -hmm. rises to the top. Or mm -hmm. bubbles to the top, as Father Connell would say. Yeah. And I think it's that's universal Catholics, and even. Uh, when I say universal, I mean even internationally. When mm -hmm. I was in Lourdes, oh, you uh, were in October. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was that with, by Viewmaster? You actually were there. I was actually there. Oh, that's when the present. That was the two months you were gone. Yeah, because yeah. I was sick, and you remember that. Huh? Yeah, well, okay, that's now, right. That will be another gift from Mrs. Uh, Vanelli. Okay. Yeah, um, and just to participate in the in the in the rosary uh, procession procession each night, and how powerful it was to hear that hymn. Could uh, you sing that hymn for us? No, I can't sing that hymn. In you. French. No, I don't French. think you were there. They sang it in Italian because there were a lot of Italians over there, but the Ave, mm -hmm. Ave, Ave Maria, yeah. was, everyone knew that part. 
Yeah. Uh, I had to wait for the translation. It only sounded like Italian after your um, your wine dinner. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Wow. Yeah. We rejected those expenses. Better than, than wine at noon, pranzo. Yeah. That's yeah. That's certain seminaries in the world. Um, not in this country. No, not, and not never the, will be. Not for the domestically trained. Yes. That's for well, a few of us who are. Um, in the uh, how about a little trick? How many parishes in our diocese uh, are named uh, in honor of Mary? Thirteen. Is that? Are you making that up? <laughs> I was at Our Lady. I was in Father Mike Savaleski's parish, Our Lady of the Rosary, on Sunday, and Rosea. Um, the one in Deer Park is interesting. St. Mary, Mary Presentation. Pre just St. Mary Presentation, and we just celebrated the Feast of the Presentation. Of Very Mary significant Christ. feast day in the Sulpician uh, Fathers. Uh, Father Ollier, Father Connell, and I are the only two in this room. of Jean-Jacques Ollier. Uh, never canonized, though. We have pure uh, heart of reason. We have mm -hmm. pure heart of Mary in Northport. Right. Uh huh. Uh, Lady of the Lake. Lady of the Lake. Saint Mary in Spokane Valley. Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Right. Multiple Our, Our Lady, Lady of Lourdes. Lourdes. Mary Queen Our Lady of, of Fatima. Mary Queen of Heaven and Mary Queen of Heaven. In Sprague. Uh, Mary of the Snows. Do we have a Mary of the Snows? No. Our no. Lady of the Snows. Our Lady. Yeah, no, we don't have that one. No. So we have a lot of uh, Marian it titles. Would, it would be nice if we op had the, the ability to open a parish uh, as the bishop. Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal might be one. Or Saint we don't have St. Catherine Labore as a parish. No, we no one really knows who she is. Well, no, but they will since I've been the oh, bishop here. Yeah. No, that's Labore, not a song. Labore. Okay. <laughs> who's the St. Catherine, Catherine of Oaksdale? That's not St. Catherine. Mm, no, St. Labore. No, no. Zoe Labore was her real name, oh. but she was... Uh, St. Zoe. St. Zoe, yes. Um, just with the... Uh, Moving just a little bit beyond the uh, our theme here, <laughs> we want to keep. But Mary was very generous with with her yes, and uh, as we're entering into the Christmas season, this is a time for uh, the community of faith, all of us, to be generous, especially in our prayers, prayers for healing in the church, uh, healing in families, and in, in our culture in which 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 we live. Um, there are many ways that our Lay faithful are asked to support the works of the church, and it's in this show where we have an opportunity, I as the bishop, to, to ask your support for our Nazareth Guild. Uh, the Nazareth Guild helps our Catholic schools, our families with tuition assistance and development for our, our teachers. Nazareth Guild was the name given, Nazareth being the, the first uh, home, the church, uh, very significant for Jesus being raised by Mary and uh, Joseph. And uh, we ask for your continued support. Our seminary, Bishop White, uh, and other opportunity as the number of vocations to the priesthood grow. Uh, it's very important that uh, we train priests to be your shepherds, and we ask for your support there. Um, this is not a time for any of the, the vicars to make a pitch for their individual parishes uh, for generosity and support. But one of the marks, I think, of generosity of heart um, one of those that marks is, is a significant to our commitment as Catholic Christians. And again, Mary serves as a role model for her, her, her total surrender, her trust in God's providential love. In so many ways, she becomes the model of, of generosity. Uh, with the vicars, how do you see uh, Mary assisting you and your people in generosity? Do you appeal to Mary's intercession for these? Um, I mean, that wedding feast at Canaan Galilee, where Mary's, they have no more wine. Uh, that's ultimately an ultimate prayer, I think, uh, of 
total trust in God and asking Mary to take our needs to, to, uh, to her son. Have you ever done that, Father Me, when you're thinking about the annual appeal? Um, <laughs> or you're well, modeling I, I would, the sanctuary? And what you're saying, I, I think that oftentimes who's forgotten in our parishes are the shut-ins. Um, mm -hmm. Those, they don't have ones to come visit them. So certainly I think in this time of Advent, and especially the fourth Sunday of Advent is the visitation of Mary to her cousin Elizabeth. Perhaps it's a, a wonderful time mm. to remember especially those shut-ins of our parish. Wow, and that's it, profound. And isn't it interesting, you mentioned the shut-ins. It's and, very interesting. And, well, I'm actually uh, going to give you a, somewhat of a compliment. Oh. <laughs> I know this is shocking, it's but shocking. Um, as you highlighted appropriately so, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the shut-ins, isn't interesting that when you visit shut-ins, uh, almost to a person, what what is their primary mode of, of prayer? They've got the rosary sitting there on their mm -hmm. they got the rosary the table next to their bed there on the table, or or that you've interrupted them while they're praying it. So there's a great connection, I think, that the shut-ins have with our Blessed Mother. All right. What is um, quickly as with the last few uh, seconds of the show, which of the four? Um, Mysteries uh, of, the, of the rosaries, do, do you prefer? Are there only four mysteries? No, excuse wow, me, no. I thought there were 20. <laughs> no, 20. <laughs> no, we know the luminous, which are new, oh, you're talking joyful, about the, 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 oh. yeah. So uh, I'm Irish, sorrowful. so I like, like the sorrowful. I did, in fact, I was uh, 11 years old before I knew that there were any other mysteries. Easter Sunday, sorrowful mysteries. And don't forget Sorry. the seven sorrows of Mary, seven yes. sorrows which, of is Mary. A, which is a beautiful devotion. I like the new mysteries that John Paul II. The, the luminous Dr. mysteries. I like the luminous mysteries. Okay, and Father Me? Well, I'm going with the seven sorrows of Mary, which isn't part of the rosary, okay. but I'd have to go with the... Um, well, we ask for your continued prayers in the Advent season for our diocese. God bless and thank you.